You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis, part one of the dynamic duo that is Inside the Jungle. Tonight we're going to be breaking down an Auburn victory over the Colgate Raiders by the score of 91 to 62. The Auburn Tigers now stand at five and O on the year to break down all the news and the action from this game. Let me bring in the other part of the dynamic duo. And that is Mr. Drew Hooper. Drew, it feels good to be five and O my friend. Five and O. And to be honest, I was not anticipating being five and O, but this Auburn team, I think is exceeding a lot of people's expectations, not just my own so far. Now, let me let me stop us there for a second. You say you weren't expecting that. Where did you expect a loss to come from? Was it this Colgate team or was it a Davidson? Uh, I really just kind of expected a stumble. Uh, I didn't expect us to come firing out the gates and didn't expect one particular team. Uh, but so far, this Auburn team figure, has figured it out and the scheduling's been good. It's been a little notch up every time. And you know what? They, they performed at a high level again against this Colgate team. And I expect the same against New Mexico. Well, now, and let me correct myself here. You know, I kind of made it sound like there was no team that stood a chance of knocking us off. South Alabama gave us all we could stand. And if it was not for one freshman phenom, Isaac Okoro, we might be talking about a four and one Tavern Tigers team in this episode, but we're not five and oh, 91 to 62. The Tigers beat the Raiders of Colgate. Uh, You know, do you want to go ahead and get your toothpaste jokes out of the way, Drew? Any of those you want to, you know, share tonight? I, no, I think everyone got them out on Twitter beforehand, especially <laughs> with a couple of the Auburn beat writers. Whenever people were asking where Colgate was or what Colgate is, they were just sharing the definition of Colgate toothpaste, which I found absolutely hilarious. It was, it's, you know, I don't know if you're an, an athlete, a student of that university. When you decide this is where I'm going, do you just automatically accept that I'm a walking billboard? now whenever i wear my uniform and stuff basically for this company but uh, i digress it's just one of those interesting things you find in college uh colleges in general but college athletics that we don't get to talk about that often but we're going to revel it when we get a chance to do so uh so auburn versus colgate this is a continuation of the legends classic now we are not in the actual tournament play we're what we would be called showcase games where we're playing teams that will be in another section of that tournament uh, first, we played Cal State Northridge and annihilated them. And then we basically annihilated the Colgate Raiders in this last showcase game of the Legends Classic in Auburn, Alabama, before we head up to New York. Now, Drew, you and I, when we were breaking down this game, uh, we talked a lot about a, a couple of players to watch out for and a little bit of apprehension, I think, from us. We thought we were going to get the win, but we were worried maybe about a little looking ahead type of situation. And lo and behold, 
the Tigers just come out and take care of business. I mean, this is a new thing. Auburn used to play from behind all the time. And for whatever reason now, they have figured it out. If you just come out and fire at the start, you're going to put yourself in a good position to win the rest of the game. Yeah, I I enjoy crushing the will and sucking it out of the gym (laughs) before we even get to the point where we where we need to actually win the game because I think you saw South Alabama did not come out to crush spirits and to be conquistadors. And then (laughs) we got into a tight little spot that reminded us of Auburn and everything we've ever come to use the Clint Richardson heart attack gift for. And so good. (laughs) And and then we just decided for CSUN, we're like, you know what? Ain't going to mess around. Let's just go ahead and throw a couple haymakers early, knock them out. Great. Colgate, we're like, hey, that worked really well against CSUN. Might as well do it again. Worked well again. I like that mentality. It seems to work to, you know, just pile it on early. And if I like to bring Auburn fans back to a point of misery, let's go back two years ago in the first round, second round of the NCAA tournament, Auburn takes on the Clemson Tigers after surviving the first round. This is pretty much what they did to us in that game there where literally we had no shot from the get-go we could have shot up you know 100 in the first half and then clemson was just hitting everything and that's what happened here tonight at least i i fell in that correlation there that the tigers really just gave no room for colgate to make any mistakes and when they did make those mistakes auburn exploited them and made them pay for it in fine fashion you know we talked a lot about these couple of players here for colgate uh, Raymond, and I'm going to try to pronounce it. Hold on, everybody. I'm going to try not to hurt myself. Ivana's, it, no, uh, help me out, Drew. Nope. I, okay. I, will, I refuse to help you out. <laughs> anyway, uh, long foreign last name starts with Ivan. Uh, he's, they did not shoot well. And these are a couple of big guys, a couple of upperclassmen, big guys that shoot very well. Remind us a lot of, maybe I'll just throw out a Dirk Nowitzki uh, for starters there. And they just were not able to get the shots off. Do you think that was more bad luck or did you see the Tigers playing good defense again to prevent them from getting those shots? No, I thought it was definitely the Tigers came out with a defensive plan and realized, you know what, we we're going to have to play more of Anthony McLemore. We saw Devin Cambridge get a, a good little bit of playing time. And we saw just they did a good rotation of that. I mean, Macklemore finishes with three blocks. He's an athletic, long, lengthy guy out there on the perimeter that can guard and quick with his, with his feet, unlike a Wiley. And, you know, Austin Wiley did good coming out there. He had 19 minutes of play, moved his feet well when he needed to. And I, I thought that was good to see Austin Wiley be able to get into that spot early in the season because he's definitely going to be facing bigs that like to move because he's more of a throwback 1980s, 1990s big that just likes to bang down low. And he's going to have to develop that part of his game too. And this is the interesting thing here. You already brought it up. Austin Wiley and Anthony McElmore share equal amounts of time out there, 19 minutes for both of them. And you see Devin Cambridge get about 14 minutes. He His efforts on the court for Devin Cambridge are starting to pay off, and he's starting to get a little bit of extra time. It's been well-deserved because he's he's one of those can-do-it-all type of things. Maybe he's not the best three-point shooter out there. Maybe he's not the best uh, guy and go up there and throw down a dunk guy, but he has a lot of talents in a lot of areas, and I think you and I both agree if there is a Malik Dunbar look-alike out there, it's got to be Devin Cambridge. Yeah, he he. I mean, he said it about himself, too. He's the energy guy. He likes to come in, just do things, just mess around. He plays very loose. Uh, he's got a wonky looking shot. I'll give him that. 
but it finds the net and you really can't knock that. I mean, he's been efficient. We talk about maybe he's not the best three point shooter. He's done pretty well whenever he stepped out and shot the three. So I, you know, I enjoyed Devin Cambridge. I think he's going to be one that we look up his junior year and he's going to be doing some, some fun things for Auburn. And I, I like the rotation that we had already mentioned here between Macklemore and Wiley. You know, you look at this starting lineup for the Tigers. It's been the same throughout the year so far. D'Angelo Purifoy, Javon McCormick, Samir Dowdy, Okoro, and then Wiley. Now, but I would say a lot like we saw last year, Bruce would do this at times. He'd interchange Samir Dowdy for Malik Dunbar as a uh, 5A and a 5B. I, I think we have gotten to the point where Yes, the the understood fifth man for the Tigers is Austin Wiley, and I think he deserves that spot. But I think Anthony Macklemore presents a matchup nightmare for teams. And sometimes, whether it's he comes in and he hasn't done it this year yet and starts, but I think he's going to come in really quickly and give a spell for Austin Wiley quite often. Because let's be honest, when you have a you know six foot seven plus guy that can go out beyond the three-point arc and nail it down that's just you can't stop that as a, as a team especially when he's on and the way he blocks shots I mean oh my goodness I mean you know Anthony I think has had a long road back from that injury but I think this year you're starting to finally see flashes of what we saw in his sophomore year what did you think about his play yeah I mean I think he is embracing his role with basically the the best way he can possible because I mean, you're a senior. You've been there for a while. He he got in on the Auburn teams that weren't that great uh, starting off in the Bruce Pearl era. And you know what? He's worked hard. He's gotten back from a gruesome injury that ended a season. Uh, and it was a wonderful season that he was having that year, too. And all of Auburn was. And you know what? He has a great attitude about him. And I think that's been the biggest thing I've seen with guys who've been under Bruce Pearl on these Auburn teams is, you know what, they they will go out and down a hill for Bruce. They will do exactly what he asks them to. And I guarantee Bruce had that talk with them before the season. Hey, I'm going to need you to be that sixth man and 18 minutes of the game. Anthony Mac- or Anthony McElmore's in that game. Uh, he knows he's going to get his minutes. And I think that is very good on him for having that mentality to want to do that. And that's very good on Bruce for uh, really showing him, Hey, I believe in you. I know what you're going to do. Starting is not where you want to be. It's finishing the game is where you want to be. So uh, I think he's done a really good job to communicate to that, that to him as well. I think it's a great point because I think we've seen Bruce Pearl do this a lot with certain players. I mean, a Horace Spencer is one I think of, is a great example of there. He would start from time to time, especially in the case of injuries, but typically he was one of those first men off the bench in the previous seasons because maybe he just, he wasn't always consistent with his scoring uh, or his defense at times, but when he came off the bench, he kind of understood what his role was for the time he was going to be in, and he made the most of it. And I think I credit a lot of that to the guy who, such as, uh, you know, a horse Spencer in this instance, but also to the coach, Bruce Pearl and his the rest of his staff to convince a guy, this is your role. This is where you are going to be most successful for our team, but you personally are going to be most successful in this role. I think another perfect example of that is Javon McCormick. Now you've already said from previous episodes that you're a little more critical of Javon just because you'd like to see him improve in some areas. Well, I think he heard you loud and clear last uh, episode. We talked about 16 assists for him in this game well you know he does the exact opposite and scores 14 points in this game six or 12 from the field 
two for five from three-point land. He gets three rebounds himself. Not as good in the assist column. I mean, I guess I'll take eight assists just from him alone. I mean, if that's all you can do, Javon, I guess so. But uh, I thought he had an excellent game here to capitalize off the success he had in the previous game. Yeah, I mean, hard to follow up a record-setting performance. But, I mean, if you're sitting at averaging seven, eight assists in NCAA throughout the year, your team is doing wonderfully because that means you're getting the ball around, you're you're hitting people in stride, open shots, the ball is humming and moving around the perimeter. And so just seeing him step into that role over the past two games has opened up Auburn in a lot of ways because you look at that South Alabama game and I think he came out with two assists and that's just not great as a point guard as the guy who's running the offense that would be the equivalent to a quarterback having like three or four hit passes out of 50 attempts you you need to have a better conversion ratio and you need to be the one orchestrating the offense and McCormick has done world's better the past two games doing that I think that's something that he's definitely going to continue going forward and we even see in this game it opened him up for more shooting because the the space was open because he was distributing the ball better and I think we we for whatever reason we for it failed to bring up Daniel Purifoy because there's so many great things we've had to talk about in previous episodes but he's just shooting the light out of the ball uh three for four from three-point land, four for six from the field. He only gets 11 points out of this, but D'Angelo, for some reason, knows when it's time for him to nail a shot. And I think for that reason, I haven't looked at his overall season percentage shots, but I feel like it's got to be pretty high at this point because it feels like he's hitting the first three-pointer of the game or he's hitting one in a somewhat clutch situation. Auburn hasn't had a lot of opportunities to call them clutch situations since they've been beating most opponents very badly. But Dan Jill, I'd just like to give him a shout out since we haven't spent a lot of time him on a couple of the last episodes uh, discussing him and his play in this game. So really love what I'm seeing from Dan Jill overall in this so far. A couple other stats for you guys going through here. 50 per, uh, 53% from the field for Auburn, 36% from three-point land, 73% for the free-throw line. I'll take it because I'm not seeing a lot of other uh, you know, areas where I'm upset about too many things, only 10 turnovers. Here's what I love. We have talked a lot about, Drew, about some of the defensive statistics haven't been as high as we were used to in previous seasons for Auburn. Seven steals in this game and nine blocks. Four of those coming from Macklemore himself, but I thought this was an obviously a great offensive performance from the very get-go, but also a great defensive performance as well. Yeah, and I said at the beginning of the season that I think that this team is actually going to be better defensively than last year's team, and that may have been shocking to some people. People would have been saying, where's the proof in that? And I think when you look at the length this team has, when you look at the switchability that this team has, and whenever you just look at the pure athletes that are on this team, you're starting to see that come to fruition now that they've begun to gel a little bit. They have more game time under their belt. Bruce Pearl's learning his rotations and learning who matches up with who and I think this is a game where we saw another step forward and I think we're going to continue to see us climb that staircase and nine blocks and seven steals can't ask for better oh yeah it was a greater performance all around I think the only gripey area we could probably have is that they seem to take their foot off the pedal a little bit in the second half I mean but when you had that kind of first half that you did for Auburn you kind of understand. I mean, they scored 53 
in the first half, only 38 in the second. And, you know, Colgate had a pretty decent second half, but it just wasn't enough to catch up to where Auburn, the lead at Auburn had developed over them throughout the game. And, and I would say this much, this actual score, even though you're looking at almost a 30-point margin of victory there for Auburn, is not indicative of who was in how in control Auburn was of this game from the very get-go here against Colgate. Now, the other thing that I do want to bring up, and we've kind of spent a lot of time avoiding it because I think it's the best part of this game, Samir Doughty and his magician self, whether it's because of a headband or whatever, not just about the success uh, success he's been having with a headband, but wow. Um, I hope whoever that was for Colgate got their ankles checked out after this game. He made a man look foolish for a step back three pointer. Did you get to see that live drew? I I did get to see it live. And it was funny enough. We were, I was in Kentucky visiting some family and they were watching the UK game, which was hilarious to watch them struggle with Utah Valley. Uh, That's a different (laughs) story for a different time, but we switched it over uh, because I told them, if you want to actually watch someone hit a shot, let's go watch the Auburn game real quick. And so we were watching and about that time, Samir, drove in stepped back on him and i think the guy disappeared into oblivion <laughs> and uh it's it's kind of like that shooting stars uh meme that was happening so much a couple of years ago he just drifts into space because he i mean he had no brakes on him uh and you know at, at that point in time they're like wow this auburn team's for real and you know what samir is having a season so far he he came back came with the right attitude and I think Samir's only going to continue to improve because he he is a jack of all trades out there on that court he can score it he can pass it he plays defense with the best of them and he's our best rebounding guard by miles yeah I mean it's just because of his tenacity here and I gotta be honest when I saw the Colgate defender hit the floor I just wanted to go over and give him a hug because I felt so bad for him man I mean it was awful what Samir did to him in the game there. And, and if you look too at the slow motion of it, you'll notice that Samir almost hesitates as soon as the guy hits the floor, because he couldn't believe what he did to him. And almost, I would say there was, there was a, a hesitation that almost resulted in a carry as he was doing his step back, but Hey, I'm not complaining. The guy made a defender look foolish, step back and nailed the three. And it was an awesome sight to see everybody was losing their minds on social media about it. So that's just the kind of thing that you're getting to enjoy right now. And I would encourage Auburn fans that you should definitely enjoy it while you can, because it's only going to get tougher throughout the season, especially as we hit SEC play going forward. I don't think there's much more we can break down from the game itself. So I thought we'd reserve a little bit of time before we move on to the next game for some news that's happened this, uh, this week. Um, Isaac Okoro, was named the SEC Freshman of the Week, the first of what I think will be many for this phenom that we're having here. How many do you think he's going to be able to total by the end of the year, Drew? Mm, I don't know how many weeks are in the season, but I would give it at least five. I was kind I, of I would, what I was thinking. I would say five. And I'm going to go ahead and give you a stat that I think he will win SEC Freshman of the Year. Yep. And I wouldn't be shocked if he's first team. He'll be at least second team. Uh, Anthony Edwards won't win SEC freshman of the year, I don't think. Well, now, let's just say this, too. Auburn has a history with media members and whoever else votes for teams at the end of the year of just no one giving anybody credit. Uh, I mean, if you can't put KT Harrell on a first team, all SEC 
uh, I'm not going to put anything past any of those people that that do the votes. But I agree with you. I, I think he should be there based on the trajectory we're seeing right now. Uh, we'll see how it maintains throughout the season. But yeah, five is where I'm thinking uh, for him. I think he's good for that. And I think he's definitely in condition, if not the favorite uh, for freshman of the year before things get all said and done. Other bit of news, early deciding period has happened. And Sharif Cooper, and not just that, but a big surprise. Well, I guess it's not so a surprise if you're big into recruiting. Uh, by the way, if you haven't, check out Boom Tracker on the ETC Network. They'll be talking a lot about this, that in their next episode. But uh, Chris Moore decides to come home to Auburn over Memphis Tigers. So I'm going to give you the floor real quick to just talk about Sharif and Chris Moore, your thoughts on our early signing class. Uh, I think Sharif Cooper is phenomenal and the best person you could ask for coming in after losing Jared last year, you'll lose Javon and Samir kind of splitting that time at the point this next year. Yeah, we have Tyrell Jones, but Sharif Cooper has handles for days can get in the lane, can get a bucket, can set his teammates up for a bucket. I wouldn't be shocked to see a dual point guard, uh, type system run next year where he has two floor generals on the floor at all points in times. And I think it's going to be wild to watch, but Chris Moore is a big get because with the talent we're losing in Dangel and Macklemore and Wiley, he's a big man that is going to come in. He's going to do well. He's bulky stacked gets to the rim. Well, He's a defensive stud, and with him being right over in West Memphis, I'm going to try and get over to a couple of his games uh, this year just to see him in person. I've seen him a couple of times, and uh, that's a big get because he was on the Memphis train for a long time, and to take him out of Memphis's backyard, uh, that's a pretty hard thing to do. So hats off to Bruce Pearl and that coaching staff. What's funny, you mentioned going to see a few of Chris Moore's games. I actually live not too far away from where Sharif Cooper plays his basketball. So I think we should play on like a dual night where they're both playing and like simulcast it at the same time, just so we can celebrate this early signing class that Auburn has accumulated here. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, I think it's got the makings of something very special uh, for the Tigers. And I don't think that they're done yet. You know, there's a lot of people that are on the Jalen Green a hype train that think that's trending towards Auburn. It, there was one point where Greg Brown, the big guy, uh, was trending our direction. That doesn't look to be the case now from what I understand. But how are you feeling on the whole Jalen Green situation? I, I think Jalen Green's another world player. I think if you get him and Shreve Cooper with the talent that Bruce has already gotten on this team, I think you'll see Bruce add probably a center either in recruiting, develop. I mean, uh, Akinbola is going to develop definitely over the summer, just being there another year in the program. And I think you're going to see Bruce either sign another center or go into the grad transfer market and get one. And I, I think if he gets that last piece, if they're able to play normal height at positions, not really have to fully adjust or anything, uh, don't be shocked uh, if this team is able to get back to a final four a lot quicker than Auburn thought that they may. Well, and let's take some credit to the Tigers right now. I think a lot of people were assuming we were going to see a notch down in play this year with everything we lost last year. So, But I think so far the Tigers have shown only five games in the season that they have the potential to make a run postseason as well this year. Now that remains to be seen whether we think that's a Final Four run or not. But I, I, the point stands, 
uh, the development and the recruiting there are matching up very well with what Coach Pearl and the rest of his staff are doing right now. And I think it's only going to get better and better as time goes on. So very happy to have Sharif Cooper and Chris Moore. Uh, they're the big gets from our early signing period here. Uh, and there are many more to come. So let's move on to the next game on the schedule. And that will be New Mexico. Now Auburn and the New Mexico schools have quite a history. Uh, New Mexico State, namely in tournaments. And that was frustrating. Don't want to go down that path. Uh, New Mexico is coming in at 4-1. and one. The Tigers will play them at 8.30 p.m. Central Time on uh, the 25th of November. And you can watch it on ESPN News. Uh, Drew, I didn't even know there was still an ESPN News network out there. Do you even have that channel? Uh, maybe. Uh, that's a big question mark. But I've got so many other streaming services. I'm sure I'll find it. Uh, ESPN Classic still exists, by the way. That's really? another shocker for you. Yeah. I had no clue that ESPN still maintained news, much less classic. That's incredible. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's plenty of stuff out there to show on ESPN classic, but uh, the point still stands. I didn't know it was even an option to watch that at this point. Now, New Mexico is coming off currently a loss at UTEP by the score of 66 to 63. They will play New Mexico State before we see them in New York. I would expect them to win that game, but hey, it's at New Mexico State, and they've already shown the capability to drop one on the road. I wouldn't call UTEP world beaters by any means. There was a time where they were kind of rising a little bit. Uh, sadly, that was during the Tony Barbie area, and that's when we decided that he was a good hire for Auburn. We see how that worked out. But either way, they lost to UTEP, and they'll be seeing the tires in just under a week in New York to continue the Legends Classic how are you feeling about this matchup with New Mexico? Uh, I think I feel better now that I've actually gotten to watch some highlights out of New Mexico. New Mexico is also a team that's 92nd ranking in Kim Palm's uh, overall rankings, which that's the lowest team besides Georgia Southern, one of the Georgia directions we've played this year. <laughs> and so I have... Uh, I have high hopes that this is going to be just another game where we're, we're able to just take care of business. A uh, little skeptical coming into the season. Didn't know how New Mexico was going to play out because sometimes they have a really good team. Sometimes they don't. And so far they've got an iffy team at best, but we do have a common opponent with CSUN who they were able to beat 97 to 70. So they can score. Uh, it's just a matter of, are we going to score more and defend better? Yeah. And I think, I think the bigger question is not so much score more, but I think, can they score against the type of defense that we've been playing right now? And Auburn's coming off what would be arguably one of their best defensive showings that this year thus far. So I think that obviously pushes the needle towards Auburn in this New Mexico versus Auburn game. And I, you know, I think we would all agree that we were feeling pretty confident. We've been saying things like, well, who do we play once we win? You know, we've been speaking it that way, kind of speaking into being, I think everybody expects Auburn to make it to the next round and your next opponent would be a Richmond or Wisconsin and everybody is expecting Wisconsin to win that one. So the winner's circle should be Wisconsin versus Auburn. Granted, everything's got to play out first, uh, but that's the one everybody's looking forward to, but we need to make sure we keep our focus here and just take care of business against New Mexico because you know what happens when we don't. Things come down to the last second shots and weird referee foul. Uh, we're not even going to go into it. Uh, but the players to watch for New Mexico are Jaquan Lyle, a senior guard, 19 points per game. Carlton Bragg Jr., a senior forward, 10.6 rebounds per game. As you said, Drew, they can score. 
and score in buckets. So if I had to ask you percentage-wise of confidence that Auburn wins this game, where do you sit at? You know, I think this is probably a 90% for me. I I think the biggest thing that we're going to be tested on is they don't shoot the three very well, but they get to the line quite a bit. And we, as Auburn, have always had a tendency to get ourselves into fouls. And so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how does this team grow? Are they able to stay out of foul trouble? And if they do get into foul trouble, are they able to keep their head above water and make sure everything comes out roses. Yeah, and I I think that's a good area to look at there, especially with Auburn. Having propensity at time to not shoot well from the free throw line, if that battle goes New Mexico's way, it could be a much closer game than we're all anticipating. Uh, So a lot of fundamentals need to be covered by Auburn so they make sure this doesn't get out of hand and they can head to the winner's circle of the Legends Classic up in New York. And it's a, a big venue Uh, A lot of eyes will be on that. It's not your Maui Invitational, but it's still a big one with two potential big names now in Auburn, Wisconsin, possibly going to meet up in that championship game. Uh, So let me give you a little bit of an update for um, schedule for the podcast. We are going into holiday time for Thanksgiving. We uh, will I will be on vacation for about a week. So we will get our updates to you for the game against New Mexico and whoever we play in the next game after that. Shortly there, a few days after uh, the the games actually happen, probably closer to next weekend, we'll be able to give you updates and our thoughts of breaking down that game. So just don't want you to think we're missing in action, but Kyle's decided to go on vacation and Drew's got to sit there, wonder where he is. So sorry about that, Drew. Hey, you know what happens? I guess you somewhat deserve it to go to Disney for what, your three millionth time <laughs> in the past That's- two years? Maybe not three millionth, but two millionth is probably a little bit closer there. Regardless of the point stance, I've been a lot and I'm going back. Uh, real quick update for you guys on the women's basketball program. No game updates. Uh, again, they did fall to Old Dominion, sadly, uh, 77 to 89 in their last game, pushing the record to one and one. Their next game, as we're recording this, will be tomorrow, Thursday night, the 21st of November at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can watch it on ESPN Plus if you ponied up the small amount of cash it takes to get ESPN Plus or one of the other packages out there. But make sure you support the ladies if you have the opportunity to because Coach Flo has a good brand of basketball and you do want to support that. I think that's it for this edition of Inside the Jungle. Before we get out of here, Drew, why don't we tell them where to find us on the social medias? You can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter also at Drew underscore Hoop, H-O-O-P, zero two. And that's all we have for this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we assemble again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?